Hello and welcome to A Court of Chapters and Chatter, a weekly chapter-by-chapter reread of A Court of Thorns and Roses. I'm one of your hosts, Hunter. And I'm your other host, Rachel, and today we are talking about Akatar chapters 14 and 15, and we titled it The Serial. So as always, our podcast is Spoilers Everything. This includes Throne of Glass, A Court of Thorns and Roses, and Crescent City. So if you haven't read all the books, be warned. So what did you think of these two chapters after going back and rereading? Yeah, okay, so, like, I feel like these chapters had nothing but had information. And it's hard to, like, explain. Like, the chapters didn't have... They weren't big chapters and they didn't have... There wasn't much going on outside of the whole situation with the serial and the naga. Um... There were a few things, like we got information from the Serial, and Feyre did, um, and then the Naga, like we learned of the new creatures, and so, I don't know. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I think so. Like the chapters didn't feel like there was a lot there, but then there was still a pretty big information dump. We learned about what the Serial is, what the Naga are. We learned information from the serial about, you know, obviously Tamlin being the High Lord mm-hmm. and um, about Prithian itself and Highburn. So I don't know. What do you think of these two chapters? Um, Similar to you, I've been kind of awaiting this chapter, putting it on a bit of a pedestal and then going and re- rereading what the serial says. I'm kind of like, eh, there's less there than I kind of remembered their remembered being. It, and I, I don't know if it's just a less of an impact because we've already read this before. Um, yeah. Um, what do you feel about... Um, I guess I'm jumping ahead here, but as a general thought, what do you think about her... Do you think she retconned Stay Close to the High Lord for the end of Wings and Ruin. No. No, you think that was playing the whole time? Because of something else he says the second time he says it to her. Okay. We'll, we'll get and there we'll when get we get there. there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like it was retconned to be more than it was originally written to be. It seems like that, but there's something else okay. that well, the serial we'll, says. We'll get there when that, we get yeah. there. We'll, yeah. we'll have our debate about it then. Okay. Um, forewarned, um, we're basically going to read the entire dialogue between the serial and Feyre. Because... Yeah. We're going to try out a little different um, way of doing this and see how we like it, how it works yeah. for this one. We've been kind of diving almost too deep. Uh, yeah, like... Where we don't we don't need to go over every little thing that happens in the chapter, but Listen. we're gonna try to focus on what we find yeah. more interesting than than every little detail. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels forced, kind of. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see how it goes. Do you want to do the summary? Yeah. So in these two chapters, we're introduced to two new types of fairy creatures. In chapter fourteen, we're introduced to the Serial, who Feyre is setting out to capture and find out answers from. Once she captures him. In her snare, she learns about Tamlin being the High Lord, that she is supposed to stay with him, and that there's no way for her to leave. 
um, the Surreals giving her a history lesson on Prithian and the King of Hybern when they're interrupted. So then in chapter 15, we're introduced to the Naga. They want to capture the Surreal and eat Feyre. Feyre releases the Surreal and kills one of the Naga before running. While running and getting attacked by the Naga, Tamlin comes to save her and kills the Naga, and the chapter ends with them going back to the manor. Summed up pretty well. Not yeah, a whole lot was, happens. Yeah, when I went back to write the summary, I was like, that, that's not a lot. but There's some interesting it, things that happen. Yeah, there are. Um, so, yeah, why don't we go through with the uh, whole serial section. Alright. Which well, is the whole chapter. <laughs> yeah, Pre-serial. Yeah. So before we get into it, um, mm-hmm. I should have moved this to before. Okay. We did the summary, but how how was your you? She just finished. Oh uh, yeah, I just of the first I just book. finished the first book fully. Um, disappointing. Disappointing. I don't know. I loved reading these books, but and and not that I don't love the book. I love the book. But going back and rereading it now that I have fully, like, read Crescent City in Throne of Glass, because the last few times I went back and reread Akatar, I did it before I've read Crescent City. Going back and reading the first book after having done that, <laughs> I feel like she was not fully prepared in this book yet to interconnect all of the books in her universe. I don't know what book she does decide that, but I definitely don't think she had planned to in this book. I mean, I could be wrong. She could have been planning it or she could have left little things that so that she could go back and do it, but wasn't fully planning or having decided that she was going to go back. I feel like you're partly right, but I think she is a hundred percent has it connected to throne of glass. Yes. Because she already wrote that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she started writing Crescent City for... Yeah. Uh, we have the publication date in one of your notes over there, but there's got to be like a good five-year gap between... Well, I know I've read that she wrote this book and then left it on her laptop for four years before she actually had it published. Okay, so Akatar came out in 2015. So we've we she'd already had Throne of Glass, Crown of Midnight, Air of Fire, The Assassin's Blade, and Queen of Shadows came out in 2015 as well. But she sat on it for four years, so mm-hmm. it was probably written. Well, those ones were well written long before that as well. She wrote those True. when she was what in high school and college. Started. Yeah. And um, it shows. <laughs> Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood did not come out until 2020. So she may okay. have been writing it. Maybe. So if you assume it sat for four years, so she probably wrote it in 2011, released Crescent City in 2020, there's a long period of time there. Yeah. So, I don't know. There there might be hints at it. Yeah. I I just, I think that's what was disappointing, was there were less hints towards them connecting in this book than I was hoping for. Mm Mm-hmm. Not that yeah, the book Crescent, itself was a letdown. <laughs> Crescent City itself does a lot of the heavy lifting it of does. connecting. Yeah, it does. 
And that's probably because she had already written the other two series, yeah. other two books. And if any of you have put off reading Crescent City, um, it's well worth it. Yeah, I know a lot of people say it's so hard because she does has to, well she has to do so much world building in that the first two hundred to three hundred pages of the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's well worth it to get through those pages and get to the rest of the story because it is really good. It, yes, Bryce sucks for the first. She half does. Of the book. She does, and uh, Hunt's a little annoying as well. But eh, I warmed up to Hunt more. Yes. Hunt more so than Bryce. But I really enjoy all the different characters in that series. And I really like the story of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, if you haven't actually read Crescent City, um, the, the two stories 100% are going to meet at some point so i feel like you have to do you, you want to should. continue on with akatar yeah <laughs> yeah don't want to spoil the biggest spoiler yeah anyways okay. so let's get into this chapter here okay uh when she's i thought this was interesting when she's talking about leaving the uh manor Mm-hmm. So no one had stopped me. No one had even been around to see me leave. Bow and quiver across my back. Lucian's, Lucian's knife at my side. I lugged along a satchel stuffed with a freshly dead chicken courtesy of the baffled kitchen staff and had tucked an extra blade into my boot. Which is hilarious because every, tons of people had to have seen her. Yes, so there's a whole bunch I of people agree. Glamour. <laughs> um, they even... The next thing yeah. quote I pulled even talks about that. You want to read that one? Okay, so the next quote is, um, The lands were empty, as were as empty as the manor itself, though I occasionally glimpsed something shining in the corner of my eye. Every time I turned to look, the shimmering transformed into the sunlight dancing on a nearby stream, stream or the wind fluttering the leaves of the lone sycamore atop a knoll. Do you want me to keep going? Mm-hmm. As I passed a large pond, Nestled at the foot of a towering hill, I could have sworn I saw four shining female heads poking up from the bright water watching me. I hurried my steps. So it's back to that glamour glinting so out of the corner of her eyes again. Is it? Like, I have to assume that's them. some of the worker fairies that are glamoured, right? It's gotta be. Um, that she's seen but, that on her peripheral. But what I think is funny is what she mentioned. She said... The lands were as empty as the manor itself, yeah. even though none of it's empty. Exactly. <laughs> so it's still a true statement. <laughs> Which I uh, thought was funny. What I also thought was funny, or, well, I guess more interesting than funny, she she mentions the that she saw, saw four shining female heads poking up from the bright water at the pond. Um, water wraiths? The water wraiths that end up saving her after she saves them in book two. Right. Yeah, I just kind of thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, a little bit of foreshadowing to the first-time reader that maybe there's more people at the manor than... Which I, I don't... I guess he glamoured them all to make it less overwhelming for Favor at first. Yes, I think so. And he even tones down the glamour on everyone around her. Yeah. 
Which is weird because, like, he lifts that glamour off of her, but when he does at some point, she's like, he's fucking glowing and well, hard to even Lords look at. Well, the do glow. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like... I think the weirdest part was that Alice has, like, tree bark for skin. Yeah, humaned her up a little bit for Feyre. Yeah. So there's a, another part I thought was interesting here while she's thinking on her mm, way to mm-hmm. get the cereal. So the, bo- yeah. the bogey was dead, and whatever horror Tamlin was now dealing with dwelled in another part of these lands, the Spring Court. I wondered in what ways Tamlin had to answer to its High Lord, or if it was his High Lord who had carved out Lucian's eye. Maybe it was a High Lord's consort, the she whom Lucian had mentioned, that instilled such fear in them. I pushed away the thought. So, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty clever thinking. But not only that. Uh, oh, oh! If you're going with the mate theory, yeah. That uh, the High Lord's consort carved out Lucian's eye. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that when mm-hmm. I quoted. I just thought it was interesting. But what? What I? She thinks this, and then immediately finds out that. Tamlin's Tamlin the is High the High Lord. I can't remember, and I might be wrong here, but she never seems to like go back to that line of thinking. Like, holy shit, was I guess she already has asked Tamlin if he gouged out Lucian's eye, right? Or he asked Lucian. Um, she asked Lucian, I guess, and if, he if it was a punishment, he said, like, "Gods oh, no, or cauldron, no. cauldron no." That's what it was. Sorry. Um. Yeah. about Tamlin doing okay. that and then he said she and then he almost had like a haggard moment there oh I said too much Yeah, shouldn't have said shouldn't that, have said that. <laughs> should not have said that yeah so in this next part you know she's like ta- thinking about how hot it is while she's sitting there waiting for the cereal to come and um saying wondering if Tamlin and Lucian ever grow tired of eternal spring if they go to the other courts blah 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 to you know check out the other uh weather mm-hmm. and uh she goes on to say though i still hadn't worked up the nerve to make the request that had crept into the back of my mind when i saw the mural she never met like, what 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 is her request what does she want to know after seeing the mural i think she just wants to see the rest like of the rest of prithian yeah yeah which is interesting because she never, I mean, she doesn't get to see the rest of Prithian until she's... Yeah, in that quote, she says, I'd, I'd probably want to do more than lurk about a manor house, too. That's that's the, yeah, I missed yeah. that part. But I did, when I read that, I was like, what the... Yeah, it's pretty big foreshadowing for yeah, book two. And for being stuck in the manor. She even says later, I was such a fool to, to allow him to only to let me To be shown see so little. So little, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Already thinking that, and she's only been there a couple, like... I think say at some point it's only been like a week or two. It's been longer though. I, Has I don't it? Know. I don't know. I swear in that's... that chapter somewhere they mentioned that it's only been like seven days or something. I could be wrong. And then one last thought here while she's waiting on the cereal, or no, when she sees the cereal approach, says Lucian. I decided as I crept up to the ferry in the Birch Glen, really truly wanted me dead. So I, I mean, if I saw the cereal, so I just wanted to hear you know your thoughts on 
do you think he expected her to succeed? No. No? None of them have. I know. Yeah, how does he have the, the, the plan that actually works? I don't, I don't know, Hunter. And gives it to her. <laughs> I, mean, what, I, I guess if it works, it works. And great, maybe the cereal will tell you the things that they can't. Which, I mean, the cereal was fucking about to. Even yeah. Told them, told her some of the stuff that they probably weren't able to. Yeah. Um, it's such a, I don't know. And if she dies, she dies, I guess. Although at this point, he's kind of invested. I, I'm curious, though. None of the characters that have mentioned trying to capture the serial have ever mentioned, like, that he's tried to hurt them, including Ianthe. The serial never tried to hurt her. No. Is he, he doesn't seem like a malicious fairy. Even though he looks it. I I don't know. They they go on to describe him. Yeah, I have. And um I I don't want to say too much before we talk about him and well, what, that's what it, we're about okay, to talk about. So, so let's just read it then. Go for guess. it. Um, okay, so the description of the serial. I hadn't known what to expect as I entered the ring of white trees, tall and straight as pillars, but it was not the tall, thin-veiled figure in dark, tattered robes. Its hunched back facing me, I could count the hard knobs of its spine poking through the thin fabric. Spindly, scabby gray arms clawed at the snare with yellowed, cracked fingernails. Then slowly it turned to me. The dark veil draped over its bald head blowing in a phantom breeze. A face that looked like it had been crafted from dried, weather-worn bone. Its skin either forgotten or discarded. A lipless mouth and two long teeth held by blackened gums. Slitted holes for nostrils. And eyes. Eyes that were nothing more than swirling pits of milky white. The white of death. The white of sickness. The white of clean picked corpses. Do you want me to keep going? Sure. Peeking. What? Yeah. Sure, get it all out. Peeking above the ragged neck of its dark robes was a body of veins and bones, as dried and solid and horrific as the texture of its face. It let go of the snare, and its two long fingers clicked against each other as it studied me. Pretty terrifying. Yes. I would be terrified if that was what I had found. I captured. Yeah. I have parents just goes, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> what the fuck? He really wants me dead. Yeah. Pretty terrifying. But, so, anyway, yeah, it's extremely terrifying. But it's in the conversation, um, I think. Where she so, talks. Yeah. He, so, I, I was wrong. A couple chapters ago, yeah. when I was talking about the cereal. Uh, see, being I told a you, and then you made me question whether okay, well, I was misgendering the fairy. <laughs> it's gender neutral for about half of the conversation, and then she starts referring to it as he. Okay. But in my just... defense, I'm listening to an audiobook read by a female narrator. <laughs> so if I'm going to assume anything, it'd probably be female. Mm-hmm. I will say, however, for a female narrator, she nails the male voices. Okay, so we're just gonna kind of 
read through the conversation between the Surreal and Feyre. Yeah, the whole thing's interesting. Yeah. So he starts off, he goes, Human, it said, and its voice was at once one and many, old and young, beautiful and grotesque. My bowels turned watery. Did you set this clever, wicked trap for me? All right, let's stop there for a second. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that makes it sound like it's from, like, a hive mind. I mean, the she, voice coming from her next question is, "Are you one of the surreal?" So yeah, yeah. I I agree, because um, they go on to say like you know he is he is not um well I'll I'll tell you when we read it later. Well, it's do you think there's more than the surreal? Yes. Okay. There's more than one, but I think they all know what other what's happening with the others i see um i don't know just hold on it's <laughs> real tragic when the cereal dies and it is makes you wonder if Doesn't... we'll get another cereal i feel like Maybe. probably not mm, we'll see maybe elaine i'd like to know what the cereal originally was all right we'll but, talk about that when we get there um so it goes on she says are you one of the surreal? I asked again. My words scarcely more than a ragged breath. Indeed I am. Click, 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 went its fingers against each other, one for each word. Then the trap was for you, I managed. Run, 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 was her... In her thoughts? In her thoughts, I guess. It remained sitting, its bare, gnarled feet caught in my snares. I have not seen a human woman for an age. Come closer so I might look upon my captor. I did no such thing. It let out a huffing, awful laugh. And which of my brethren betrayed my secrets to you? None of them. My mother told me stories of you. Lies. I can smell the lies on your breath. It sniffed again, its fingers clacking together. It cocked its head to the side, an erratic, sharp movement, the dark veil snapping with it. What would a human woman want from the surreal? Right, hold on. So that kind of kills my thought about her having heard about the cereal from her mom, from her mom or yeah. her father. Okay. So I guess I guess that uh, that's not little possible. theory of mine is yeah DOA. And she says, "You tell me." I said softly. It let out another low laugh. A test, a foolish and useless test. For if you dared to capture me, then you must want knowledge very badly. I said nothing, and it smiled with that lipless mouth, its grayed teeth horrifically large. Ask me your questions, human, and then free me. I swallowed hard. Is there, is there truly no way for me to go home? Not unless you seek to be killed, and your family with you, you must remain here. So the serial doesn't know that she's going to actually go back home? Briefly? Um, I don't know that he doesn't. He's just saying, not unless you seek to be killed and your family with you. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, It says, whatever last shred of hope I'd been clinging to, whatever foolish optimism shriveled and died, This changed nothing. Before my fight with Tamlin that morning, I hadn't even entertained the idea anyway. Perhaps I'd only come here out of spite. 
So fine, if I was here facing sure death, then I might as well learn something. What do you know about Tamlin? More specific, human. Be more specific, for I know a good many things about the High Lord of the Spring Court. The dun, earth, dun, dun. <laughs> the earth tilted beneath me. Tamlin is, Tamlin is a High Lord. Click, click, click. You did not know. Interesting. <laughs> not just some pretty fairy lord. Sorry, petty fairy lord of a manor. He's pretty too. <laughs> <laughs> but but a high lord of one of the seven territories, a high lord of Prithian. Did you also not know that this is the spring court, little human? Yes, yes, I knew about that. The cereal settled on the ground. Spring, summer, autumn, winter, dawn, day, and night, it mused, as if it hadn't if I hadn't even answered. The seven courts of Prithian, each ruled by a high lord, all of them, deadly in their own way. They are not merely powerful. They are power. That was why Tamlin had been able to face the bogey and live High Lord. No, I'm going to stop there. Good. I was going to stop you there. Yeah. So when he says that, um, we've talked about this before. The thought of a dust court? No? No. I mean, yes, but no. That's not what I'm talking about okay. here. He's saying... All seven of the High Lords are not merely powerful. They are power. And their powers come from their land specifically, which comes from the cauldron. Um, And we had a conversation about where we think that comes from or who created it. So they, the High Lords, aren't merely powerful. They are power itself because their power comes from that, the land. Right. They wouldn't be as powerful if they weren't the High Lords of that specific territory. I feel like each one of their power came from a specific Asteri or God. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I'm sure it did. I mean... What I wonder is if, if it was gifted or, or they killed they killed the Asteri or God. Yeah, I don't know. That one we'll have to wait and see. Steal the power. Or yeah. if it was gifted. It makes a pretty big difference mm-hmm. either way. Um, where was but I? there's kind of... It, he says seven, the seven courts, and lists them all off. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of uh, theories and stuff about a dust court. Well, I don't which, know that he wouldn't that he would say it because there isn't currently a dust court. Right. Oh, you're on the bandwagon for a dust court, right? Yes. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, okay. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> You're not going to debate me on nope, that? Nope, I'm not, because the next line, All right, go a on. couple of lines are what one of the parts that I wanted to pull out. So, I tucked away my fear. Everyone at the spring court is stuck wearing a mask, and yet you aren't, I said cautiously. Are you not a member of the court? I am a member of no court. I am older than the High Lords. Older than Prithian. Older than the bones of this world. Where the fuck does the Zuriel come from then? Yeah, I don't know. That, like, he's older than the bones of the world that they're in? That's a weird statement. I'm gonna have to go back and read Throne of Glass and see who he is in Throne of Glass. He has to be something from Throne of Glass. Yeah, but I never... There's nothing in Throne of Glass that would... That wears cloaks? 
It's, she literally makes a mention of saying, like, his skin. He, she doesn't know where he discarded it. He likes cloaks. He does like cloaks. Anyway. Yeah, so... so older than everything on that world. So he came from another world. I'm going to assume he came from another world. He may not have. He may be one of the original creatures from this world. He, what is, I don't know if it's mentioned later in this specific, but he is like, he lives on the wind itself. Like, that's why he's able to move so fast, is he's part of, like, the wind mm. of, this, of this world. Is, that's where he gets his information from, too, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, it sounds like, because Amarin is older than, older than the High Lords. Correct. But so, she was not here before this world was created. True. She might be older than it's created, just wasn't there. Mm, she was here when, like, the Daglin and them came in. Yeah. And were. Serial's probably older than Older than that. He literally says, I'm older than the bones of this world. Alright, alright. So. Serial definitely came from another world, 100%. I mean, or he's the original creature of this world. But anyway. Gotcha. Carry on. Okay. Lucian had definitely overestimated my abilities. And what can be done about this blight that has spread in Prithian, stealing and altering the magic? Where did it come from? Stay with the High Lord, human, the Serial said. That's all you can do. You will be safe. Do not interfere. Do not go looking for answers after today, or you will be devoured by the shadow over Prithian. He will shield you from it, so stay close to him, and all will be righted. Okay, so I don't know what that shadow over Prithian was about. This is the first time she tells him to stay, tells her to stay with the High Lord. Right. Um, I don't know. He also... Literally tells her, don't go looking for more answers. Just leave it be and stay with the High Lord. Yeah. Like, I find it interesting the way he worded it. Do not go looking for answers after today, or you will be devoured by the shadow over Prithian. I mean, he's got to be talking about Amarantha. Maybe. He says... He will shield you from it, so stay close to him, and all will be righted. I don't think he. I don't think he's talking about Tamlin. And... Yeah, because Tamlin doesn't do shit for her while she's no. there. No, but then okay, so and oh, fuck. So then she goes on, or then it goes on and says that wasn't exactly an answer. I repeated, "Where did the blight come from?" Those milky eyes narrowed. The High Lord does not know that you came here today, does he? He does not know that his human woman came to trap a surreal. A surreal, see? Mm-hmm. He does not know that his human woman came to trap a surreal because he cannot give her the answer she seeks. But it is too late, human. For the High Lord, for you, perhaps for your realm as well. Dot, dot, dot. Like, so he's literally telling her it's too late for that. For her to say I love you and, yeah. and, and yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And then, okay. So if he says that the High Lord will protect you from the shadow, it's got to be Reese. Um Shielding her from all the fucking shit at the nightly uh, nightly feasts and stuff where he... Yeah, I guess. I don't know. 
Um, okay, so despite all that had had that it had said, so yeah, going general neutral <laughs> I, I again. No, I don't know. Despite its orders to stop asking questions and stay with Tamlin, it was his human woman that echoed in my head that made me clench my teeth. But the serial went on. Across the violent western sea, there is another fairy kingdom called Highburn, ruled by a wicked, powerful king. Yes, a king, he said when I raised a brow. Not a high lord. There, his territory is not divided into courts. There, he is law unto himself. Humans no longer exist in that realm, though his throne is made of their bones. That large island I'd seen on the map. That one that hadn't yielded any lands to the humans after the treaty, and and a throne of bones. The cheese I'd eaten turned leaden in my stomach. So that's where we learn about the King of Highburn, mm-hmm. basically. Um, all Lord Voldemorty with his. There he is, law unto himself. Yeah, which is the same word she used when she looked at the map with Highburn on it in the last chapter. Yeah. Or last episode. Yeah. Law unto himself. It's weird. It is weird. Okay. How does she describe him? Or he? How does he describe him? Uh, uh, ruled by a wicked, powerful uh, mm-hmm. king. Okay. Still yeah. know. Don't know what his power is. No. Other than the fact that for some reason he can take on pretty much anybody in combat. Mm-hmm, because he uses old spells and things. I guess so. And potions. A little far-fetched, but... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, the next part says, For some time now, the King of Highburn has found himself unhappy with the treaty the other ruling high fae of the world made without you humans long ago. With you humans long ago. <laughs> Whoops. He resents that he was forced to sign it to let his mortal slaves go and to remain confined to his damp, green isle at the edge of the world. And so a hundred years ago, he dispatched his most trusted and loyal commanders, his deadliest warriors, remnants of the ancient armies that he once sailed to the continent to wage such a brutal war against you humans. All of them, as hungry and vile as he, as spies and courtiers and lovers, they infiltrated the various high fey courts and kingdoms and empires around the world for 50 years. And when they had gathered enough information, he made his plan. But nearly five decades ago, one of his commanders disobeyed him, the Deceiver, and the Serial straightened. We are not alone. So, it's interesting to hear that he's, the king, in this part, she finds out, the King of Hybron has been planning this for a very long time. Right, about a hundred years. His commander, his Deceiver, I don't understand why later she doesn't realize like anything about Amarantha, she knows like that's his commander. She finds that out. Mm-hmm. Why she doesn't like think he was already trying to infiltrate. He never refers to her as a she. Otherwise, maybe no, she, she would make that connection. But they do. Like not here. I'm saying later in the book because I just finished reading through when they're when um Alice is talking to Feyre about Amarantha and she says that she was his one of his generals yeah. and that she had deceived him and took Prithian for herself. I'm wondering why Feyre doesn't think 
but he had already why why would she be taking Prithian for herself when he's such a strong and powerful king right who had already sent his men for the first 50 years before that to infiltrate and deceive people to get information why would she wouldn't they automatically think oh she has to be part of his plan too yeah i don't know i don't know i like the um calling her the deceiver yeah it reminds me of um sauron uh he's referred to as the deceiver in Uh lord of the rings okay because he goes around and infiltrates because he deceives yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. tricks him okay into trusting him do you think that's where she got her uh inspiration for this oh who didn't get inspiration from lord of the rings everything's (laughs) lifted from i mean the high they are literally elves that's literally what they are absolutely um and from this all this description here uh highburn is 100 percent uh ireland right yes the green isle and and yes um you looked something up that highburn is very hibernia so if the ancient calling. Roman word for Ireland was Hibernia. Very uh, on the nose. And um, there was something else that I had looked up. It was another name. Oh, Prithian. It was, um, I don't know. There was another word that came up in that. Um, it was a word for Anglo-Saxons or... Wales, Welsh, something along those lines, and it was like it was a it the word was P R Y something, so she just changed a few letters and made okay. it Prithian. Um, so it was interesting to read that. So that's where the inspiration, I believe, came from for Prithian. But I can't remember what like I don't have it saved on here. I can't remember what the word was. Okay. And I can't find it either. Um. So then it says, "I drew my bow." farther but kept it pointed at the ground as i scanned the trees but everything had already gone silent in the presence of the surreal human you must free me and run it said those death-filled eyes widening run for the high lord's manor do not forget what i told you stay with the high lord and live to see everything righted what is it if i knew what came i could stand a better chance of the naga Fairies made of shadow and hate and rot. They heard my scream and they smelled you. Free me, human. They will cage me if they catch me. Free me and return to the High Lord's side. So, <laughs> this part, she, you know, he says, run for the High Lord's manor. Do not forget what I told you. Stay with the High Lord and live to see everything righted. When uh, he's describing the Naga, he says, they're fairies made. Of shadow, hate, and rot. They're shadow, made from shadow. Mostly the shadow part is what I found really interesting. Um, there's quite a few, there's not quite a few, there's a few characters in the books that have shadows or are made from shadows. And I wonder where those shadows come from. Mm. If they're all from like the same place, that magic, or. We'll probably find out next book because oh, it's literally called House of Flame and Shadow. Yeah, well, <laughs> Nuala and Caridwin are half wraiths. 
Correct. And, and they, they're... It's funny, who is it? It's either, I think it's Amron or Moore, who are like, oh, those fey males will stick their cocks in anything, assuming that's how... I think it's Amron because she doesn't like them. Yeah. She gets really irked out by them. Interesting. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure we will discuss. Vlog when influence? We get there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I think... Also, sorry. Um, God, one of the Crescent City characters is also part Wraith. Um, is it Declan? Or no? Did yes. We... No, I don't know. One of them is. And I, can't I don't remember. remember anymore. So there's definitely... Yeah. Um, but the next part where, you know, he's like, free me, human. They will cage me if they catch me. Like, what, why did they, like, they wouldn't kill him. They would, they, they're going to cage him. Why? What can the serial do? Like, he, does he, ha- he, he doesn't have to give them answers. He wouldn't for Ianthi. Um, yeah, he refused to give so her So why is he so scared of being caged by them? Like, t- being tortured by them? Or, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that they would cage him and not kill him. Yeah. I'll put him under the mountain with everybody else, too, maybe. But yeah, definitely. <sighs> yeah. I feel like Hybern would fucking do something like that. But then when Ianthi catches it, all Hybern does is give her a cloak with a tracking spell on it. Yeah, to track, to get. She to... says it specifically came from him. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, Everybody says they've tried to catch the cereal. She yes, seems to everyone be the does in favor. Because it wanted her to catch it. It, it, it does every single time. It and wants, it's so weird, too. And I, okay. Alice, well. Alice is like. Come to me next time. All you would have had to have done is get him a cloak. It's like, yeah, like, have you have talked you to the cereal? <laughs> I want to know who the cereal has talked to, who he deems is good enough to talk to. He's obviously a non-malicious, good creature, even though he looks evil. Yeah, a uh, bit of like a dementor looking. But dementors, if they're not evil, they just are. But yeah. <laughs> They just exist for that reason, but... Um, I had wondered before going into this if the serial had intentionally let her catch him. I don't think he did this first time. No, I don't think but so I, either. But he definitely did this the next time. A couple times. Two times, yeah. Like he, let, he let her catch him when and he knew he had a tracking spell on the That was the last was time, yeah. Yeah. So 100% for the next couple times, but I don't think so for the first one. No, he was definitely surprised this time. But I think he could smell her and realize she was, like, a good person. Yeah. Yeah, similar to the bone carver. Wanted to test her, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's when her releasing him right after this. Now, it seems like the bone carver has very similar powers to powers. the cereal. Like being able to smell. Well, the bone carver says that the the world whispers, or the the mountain, the mountain, the ground, and they, stuff whispers. The, well, they him. talk about the mountain itself. For the prison, does you can't say like anything you don't want the prisoners to hear because the mountain will whisper to them right. and tell them their secrets. It's just similar, similar power. 
Yeah. It seems. Yes. But then we get to the Naga. And, uh, they're evil as fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, what do you think about this version of Naga? Do you have any... Okay. Uh, so, pre- I looked up what an actual Naga would be. In, like, our... In, like, a mythology. Mythology, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's very similar. You know, okay. the, the, the Nagas are a divine or semi-divine, meaning of godly uh-huh. uh, race of half-human, half-serpent beings that reside in the netherworld. Ooh. Um, and can occasionally take human or part-human form or as depicted in art. Um, did you know a female Naga is called a Nagi or a Nagini. Oh, no. Interesting. <laughs> so, it's really interesting, though, because in the, these mythological depictions, the serpent half is the bottom half. But in this book, it's described as, it says, the Naga were sprung from a nightmare covered in dark scales and nothing more. They were horrendous, a horrendous combination of a serpentine features and male humanoid bodies whose powerful arms ended in polished black shredding talon flesh flesh shredding talons um so like their heads are the serpentine okay feature but they have arms my experience with naga is strictly for like world of warcraft where it's mostly just water dwelling oh. yeah Half snake. A snake. Sorry. <laughs> Our kids were actually saying that earlier today. Um, I just thought it was interesting about Nagini. Yeah, well. From Harry Potter. Um, J.K. Rowling straight lifted most of her. I know. Which is fine. Yeah. But, so, I don't know. I When I went to picture it after reading this, though, all I'm picturing is this, like, human, male human body. Legs, arms, abs, but it's like dark black scales all over it. And then this snake head coming off. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks ridiculous. What's that from? It's from something else that is very much like that. Uh, oh, you know what? It's an it's, eel. It's eels. They... No, it's, it's the Wheel of Time. Oh. There's a weird. I didn't read that. Uh, I yeah. only watched season You'll... one. Yeah, this is going to be many seasons down the line. I don't know. Just kidding. But uh, she goes on to describe it. You know, here were the creatures of the Bloodfield legends, the ones that slipped through the wall to torment and slaughter mortals, the ones I would have been glad to kill that day in the snowy woods. Their huge, almond-shaped eyes greedily took in the cereal in me. The four of them paused across the clearing, the cereal between us, and I trained my arrow toward the one in the center. Creature smiled a row of razor-sharp teeth, greeting me as a silvery forked tongue darted out. So their tongue is, like, silver-colored, which I thought was interesting. Now, the next thing they say is what interested me. I know you don't have a copy of this to look at. Go on. They said, The Dark Mother, capitalized, has sent us a gift today, brothers. 
Dark Mother. He said, gazing at the surreal. Who was clawing at the snare now. The Naga's amber eyes shifted towards me. Again. And Emil. So, the Naga, I think whoever this Dark Mother is, Gave them a gift by leaving the cereal there for them. And favors the food. The mother and the dark mother. Yeah. Mm. Sounds a lot like battling goddesses or Maeve, possibly. That's the only thing I could think of as the dark mother would be Maeve from Throne of Glass. It'd be interesting. Because she has, she talks about in the Throne of Glass series, which um, she talks about, like, you know, her spiders. Right. The Stygian spiders that she brought over. And she talks about how she has other creatures that answer to her and only her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty, pretty good. I like that. So, in, I, I don't know how I never caught this any of the other times. But I, I, maybe I just assumed Amarantha was the Dark Mother. I, it's what I assumed. But, until I don't know. She, I wouldn't refer to her as the Dark Mother. No. So, and it being capitalized means that's, you know, a name for mm-hmm. a person. So, I think that's interesting. I also find it interesting that they think the cereal's the gift. Like, yeah. they're obviously, they want the cereal for a reason. They were tracking the cereal themselves, trying to catch it. Right? I think so. It's the only thing I can think. Like, now was were they what Tamlin was dealing with, or was he dealing with something else and happened to come upon? No, no. He says in the later in this chapter that he was tracking a pack of them, and these four slipped away. Gotcha. Okay. He, that's exactly what he says. Um, I couldn't remember. I, I probably quoted it here in the notes. But uh, Actually, I don't think I did. You know, then they go on and talk about how Fair is not much to eat, and she starts deciding what she's gonna do. Um, Pretty badass. She like she quick has to scream while shooting her arrow to release the cereal, and then take another shot really fast before the naga can even move. And hit, she she hits the one. And sees the blood splatter, but she turns to run and says before she even checks to make sure that it was a death kill. Yeah, or a, it's very Hunger Games. A kill shot, kill shot. <laughs> very, very Katniss Everdeen of her. Yeah, um, which so then you know she obviously killed it because Tamlin later in this chapter says, "Yeah, he, he found, found it dead, dead with one of his arrows in it." So, um, so you know they're running, they're chasing her. They, she goes to run through the water and realizes it does nothing to stop them like the sur- like it would have the cereal it would have stopped which i find interesting that the cereal refused to go near water that is weird um but anyway i feel like there's something there to that yeah why I it won't been... go near running moving water and then mm-hmm. so she's running you know and she has to run through like a thicket it rips at her cheeks whatever um she goes to hit the one with her um, bow. And then, like, you know, the the cereal comes and, like, grabs her 
where is it? Okay. So then she's like, they're, they're surrounding her, the three that she hadn't killed. And, oh yeah, one of them sniffed at me, those slitted nostrils flaring. Scrawny human thing, he spat to the others, whose smiles grew sharper. Do you know what you cost us? I think they're just talking about... Because she killed the one? I think it's because she... Or because she let the cereal go. Let the cereal get away from Yes, I agree. And that was just, you know, I agree, but it leads us back to what did they, they obviously were planning to catch the cereal today and found her. And yeah. what did, did they want with the cereal? I, I keep sounding like I'm saying cereal, <laughs> the cereal, but, uh, she says, I wouldn't go down without a fight, without taking some of them with me. Go to hell. I said but it came out in a gasp. They laughed and stepped nearer. Um, so those were the two things I pulled from that part. Yeah. You know, then they have the big, you know, fight. They throw her to the ground. She stabs the one through the mouth. It's blood dri- neck. Neck, whatever. Yeah, yeah, neck. Blood all over her blood face. Blood all over her face, her into her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at that point, this is, I guess, where Tamlin comes in to save her. And... Um, you said you wanted to talk about this and you didn't even write it in here though. When oh, he yeah. throws the cereal off of her. What did what did you say it reminded you of? To me, it reminds me of oh, the that's elephant right. graveyard scene from in the Lion King. Lion King, yeah. Like they you know, I guess uh the three hyenas. What would Zazu be the uh Lucian? <laughs> so they go to the Sorry. elephant graveyard to which reminds me of kind of the cereal and the okay, and then the hyenas show up, and chase. Yeah, and then Mufasa comes, and I mean that makes sense. Well, there's the whole roar. There's like a super the, yeah, loud the, roar that uh, echoes over, and then slams the naga off off the, of her. The hyena. Oh, you're saying well, from yeah, the yeah. book versus okay. Yeah. To but, me, to me, they the, they kind of match up. They do, however. This also happens in Beauty and the Beast with the wolves. Um, when this is when um, Belle is escaping on Philippe after the Beast scares her in the West Wing after he forbid her from going in there, uh, and she just like runs out of the house, gets on Philippe, and like tries to escape. And she goes through the woods, and like all these um, wolves come and like attack her, and she's trying to push them back with a stick and fight them off. And then comes the Beast out. And he roars really loud at them and then takes his, you know, the one and throws it and it hits a tree. So while I agree, it does match up well with Lion King. She made this book about a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, so it goes with that one, too. I just like the Lion King. I know. She had had sung sung a good number about can't wait to be king. Oh, I just can't wait. Then I'd be right. To be king. No. There's no singing in this. Uh... Actually, there is no singing in this. They play instruments. They make music, but they don't sing. Not until book five. Who sings in book five? Um, uh, all wrong? the priestesses. Oh, you're right. So is that like a holy thing? Like a not? Sorry, I guess it's not holy for them. It's a, is that like a a, a spiritual thing? I feel like, no, I am the chants and stuff. Um, yeah. 
There's no other singing. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so basically then after all that happens and he saves her, we're at the end of the chapter, basically, and what he gives her his tunic without even like anything happening because hers is ripped to shreds because the Naga ripped it. Ripped to the front of it. Yeah. <laughs> Got the little titties hanging out. No, she wears undergarments. She makes so a she... mention of it later in the book. Oh, okay. That she wears so they wear undergarments. I see. We I mean, the Naga could have... Corded muscles all over the place, but no titties hanging out for the boys. <laughs> Not in this book. No. Book five, though. Yeah. <laughs> what did, you played me. No, uh, it, was, it was on a TikTok. It was on a TikTok a section of the audiobook for book five, and it was just <laughs> ridiculously so the... graphic listening to that. Yeah, the narrator gets... Really gets, into it. Gets into it a bit, yeah. <laughs> I'm out there delivering mail while I'm listening to this in my headphones. Gets, for uh, wonder what your mailman's the, doing the during blood, the day. Gets the blood pumping. <laughs> so, <clears throat> this probably made me laugh out loud here, where Tamla says, do I want to know what you were doing out here? <laughs> says, no, definitely not. Not after he'd warned me plenty of times already. I thought I wasn't confined to the house and garden. I didn't realize I'd come so far. And it's just a little more foreshadowing of, of her being confined. Yeah, he. I'm not sure if I have that in the next quote, but he he tells her, you know, if I'm if I'm not there, you really shouldn't leave the manor at all. Which... Or you should stay close by. I think is what he says. Yeah, it's the manor. Yeah. And then Feyre says, "Er, I nodded a bit numbly. Thank you." I mumbled. Fighting past the shaking, racking my body, my mind. The Naga's blood on me became nearly unbearable. I spat again. Not not just for this, for saving my life, I mean. I wanted to tell him how much that meant, that the High Lord of the Spring Court thought I was worth saving, but couldn't find the words. And he says, uh, his fangs vanished. It was the least I could do. They shouldn't have gotten this far into my lands. He shook his head, more at himself, his shoulders slumping. Let's go home, he said, sparing the effort of explaining why I'd been out here in the first place. I couldn't bring myself to tell him that the manor wasn't my home, that I might not even have a home anymore at all. Um, a lot of interesting stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, she thinks that he spared her life originally. I know. Because that he thought she was worth saving. But really, but, he but was he, using her. He's yeah, hundred percent just using her, which kind of uh, makes makes me feel sad. I know she was all like, "Oh my gosh, the High Lord thought, thought I was that I was, I worth, was something. worth something, worth saving." Like what? Oh, poor girl. So nope, it was only ever the symbol of what she represented. It was freedom. Yeah, he fell in love with her for the freedom. So I don't know. I kind of hate Tamlin this like he never originally wanted to do this and like he didn't even want like he didn't even actually like her to begin with it sounded like he kind of says makes a mention of saying like i don't want to do that or keep because of what my father did i don't want to like you know force her trick her but he kind of does but then like i don't know if he clings to her out of like territorialism 
Is that a word? I don't even know if it's territorialism, but they trauma bonded over what happened trauma with bonded. Amarantha and like what she made them do. Like he fell in love with her because he had to. Do you think Tamlin ever truly loved Feyre? Ooh. Or do you think I'm sorry, this is coming from a place where I just finished the whole se- the whole book. Uh-huh. Like or did he fall in love with the idea the thought, the idea of her because she was saving him and his people from potentially his evil mate, if we're correct. And then trauma bonded with her because of what happened. Uh, I think it's more just, I don't even know about trauma bonding between them. You know, because... I mean, yeah, I guess he doesn't really trauma bond with her, but I'm saying like, he feels like he has to. Especially with afterwards. Her. Yes. Afterwards, he feels like he needs to, it's her, he, she is his. Yeah. She's the symbol of. Like, she goes, <laughs> I don't know, I'm really jumping ahead here, but in the um, next book. She makes a mention of saying she she can feel it in every thrust. Mine. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, or protect, protect, protect. That's what it is. But, like, you know, that's his thoughts as he's thrusting into her is Mm -hmm. that he needs to protect her. Yeah, that you need to think (laughs) about what kind of image this is going to be. I don't know how I got on this. I guess the whole conversation about Tamlin saving her. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying Tamlin is like, I know there are, there are a lot of people that find him super abusive and he is, he is very mentally, he's quite mentally abusive. Um, but I feel like he himself was abused as well. Oh yeah. And that made, that makes, you know, I'm not, coming up with an excuse for it and yeah, not condoning it but it does happen where you don't as a person realize you're doing giving the abuse then because you dealt with it so much yourself and he was forced into a position and as he didn't want to have to do this oh, yeah to begin with yes um yeah it's very, very i don't touchy. know anyway we'll get there when i guess we finish this yeah but the, the last sentence there, I uh, couldn't bring myself to tell him the manor wasn't my home, that I might not even have a home at all anymore. And uh, that's, you know, a little bit more foreshadowing there about it never being her home. Truly. Yeah. Um, I feel like she realizes it when she confronts Lucian. In the second book, when he's trying to capture her. Okay. Um, but, yeah. you know, uh, there's multiple times in the series where she talks about ha- finally having a home. Um, I think it's another part with Lucian, actually, when she says, you know, I'm taking you to my home, and he realizes that Valaris truly is her home. Yes. Okay, so there there was a part in this book that you didn't have written in the notes that I forgot. 
Okay. Um, it wasn't super anything super important, but it was when she shatters the snare with the arrow. Yeah. It says, like a shadow on the wind, the surreal was off. A blast of dark that set the four Naga staggering back. So the surreal does have power. But not enough to break the snare? Apparently. I don't know what that was. I thought it was a blast of dark. Interesting. Yes. He's also like a shadow on the wind. She also kills the Naga that goes to go after the Surreal. Does she? That's okay. the one she kills. She says, uh, The one closest to me surged toward the Surreal, the strong column of its scaly neck stretching out. No chance of my movements being considered an unprovoked attack anymore, not now that they'd seen my aim. They still wanted to kill me, so I let my arrow fly. The tip glittered like a shooting star through the gloom of the forest. I had all of a blink before it struck home and blood sprayed. So she saved the Surreal from being attacked by that naga cool i thought he said about it a third time about staying with the high lord but i guess i'm wrong so any other thoughts on these two chapters any closing the thoughts? and the naga are some interesting creatures i'd like to know where they come from that's yeah. my thoughts i don't know that we'll ever get any answers from it probably not because yeah Maybe the Surreal, maybe not the Naga. Kind of reminds me of the, um, from book five, the, shit, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, the thing that drags Nesta underwater. The Kelpie. Kelpie, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, but a Kelpie is slightly, Kelpies are fucking creepy if you've ever seen a picture of the myth- mythological creature. Yeah. Pfft. Nope, I can't look it, it up. It just kind of if reminds I, me. But like there's also... Comes, what? Especially when he, he talks about, oh, are they doing uh, sacrifices again? But see... Kind of reminds me of the, the, Kelpie? the way the Naga talk a little bit. Yeah. I thought it was interesting the way they talk about the Kelpie, though. Um, because the Kelpie, like, doesn't it, like, impregnate its captor? Captive? Captive. Keeps them alive. Because they talk about that's the only reason they, like, survived was because they <laughs> they rape their captives. Yeah, and, uh, that's the same thing that Bryce yep. has in yep. her. Yeah. In the library. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what uh, Lahava is terrified of. Yeah, well, th- yeah. <laughs> but Bryce escapes it. Because doesn't she end up inside the Kelpie's thing? No, the, the glass breaks. Oh no, she does. She's yeah, you're inside right. yeah. to rescue. I think she breaks the glass, doesn't she? She cracks it, and then it breaks. Lahaba it. breaks it. Okay. To give give her time. That's right. When okay. um, Micah is trying yeah, to get out mm-hmm. of the bathroom and chase her. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we're nice way long ahead. tangent there. Sorry. <laughs> it's can... okay. So you're saying you think the Naga were going to sacrifice the cereal? Um, it's more just the way they talk oh, about okay. you know, being old and dark. And I, the Naga and the Surreal are definitely older creatures. Yes, as well as the Kelpie. Um, I also thought it was interesting because they talk about. She was talking about something, or the uh, was this the Surreal, and they called it ancient. And then he goes on to talk about like you know. The, during the war, whatever, but like, 
500 years ago doesn't sound ancient to me. So when you call something ancient, I'm thinking thousands and thousands of years ago. Especially in a, a world yep. of immortals. Exactly. They they mention, they mention a few times with different things in the last couple of chapters. Um, in the last couple of chapters that there's like certain things are ancient. So what does that mean? Yeah, how ancient. How ancient. In, in what context? That's what I, yeah, that's what I want to know. But anyway, um... So that was the serial, the chapter on the serial and the Naga. Getting to hear that information from the serial. But I'm, oh, so. You still have your unanswered questions? I still have lots of unanswered questions because that would require knowing where the Naga. And... Where they come from? I want to know. Where did you come from? Where did you go? <laughs> the people from Highburn. What are their powers? What, like each court has court-specific powers, basically, right? Like an affinity for a different... Mm -hmm. What is the Highburn? What are the people of Highburn's powers? We don't really know much about the people of Highburn. Just that they have lots of numbers, Yeah, that's it. And, like, they don't have a lot of fighting power. It's not described as them being strong with their powers outside outside of the king being able to use his spells do they not have powers outside of those spells that he uses or do they are they just not very strong they i don't know amarantha doesn't seem to have much of her own power no she was only able to take over because she uh stole their powers oh it was mentioned that that was how she holds on to their powers about the stone when (laughs) sorry Oh, the stone? What stone? The stone heart? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I just remembered that. I had put that yesterday. Gotcha. Well, I think that wraps us up for this podcast. Yeah. If you guys have any questions, comments, email us at feed, feedback at chaptersandchatter.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Yep. Don't forget to... Uh, Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Yeah. That would help us a lot. Tell a friend. All right. Well, have a good week. We'll see you guys next week.